0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to In the Bag. We are here in Lynchburg, Virginia, different set. Always, you know, it's always fun to be mm-hmm. here in person and get to do this versus uh I feel like all three of us record a podcast on a regular basis where we don't get to be in the room with the people we're actually That's podcasting true. with. Mm-hmm. So, always a different vibe being here. Episode number 73. 73. Wow. So, uh feels like we started this podcast yesterday but uh we didn't we started it 73 weeks ago 74 weeks ago
1: yeah we've only missed one that's true uh we got Brody smith with us how you doing today mr dark horse doing good feeling good He's here for the Heiser Club Championship. If yep. Number one, if you're not a member of the Heiser Club, you are missing out. Jason's taking it over. There are a ton of extra like videos, like behind the scenes. All that is happening all the time over on our Patreon. So if you're not a Heiser Club member, do that. And the folks that are coming this weekend are going to see these great guys here, plus another couple special guests. They're hanging out with us all weekend. They're touring the warehouse. We're playing Ripped Revenge with them. It's going to be a great time. And you will have that opportunity coming up in January, so stay tuned. And just join the Heiser Club while you're at it.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to do... This is going to be a short episode. And when I say short episode, I mean it is going to be a blitz. So, we are calling this 15 Minutes with Brody. We've got three questions, 15 minutes. Uh, so, five minutes apiece. Sound good? Easy. Awesome. Uh, our first question is, when we had you on the bag last, you kind of talked through how certain molds made in your bag You're coming to the end of your season. you got one major left. Mm -hmm. And uh, are there any discs that as you have gone through the season or even necessarily heading into off-season that feel like they're on the chopping block or changes that you may see coming in your bag? The
2: only disc that I would say that I'm probably going to try to dial in the off-season is probably just like my roller disc. I think that's it. I think, I mean, there are two type of pros that you'll bounce into. You'll have like the Frisbee lovers Mm -hmm. where they just love trying new discs. Um, They'll say like, oh, I just put this new disc in my bag. I can't wait to play with it in this tournament. And then there's ones that are just like, this is what my bag is and this is what I'm rocking with. Um, For me, there's not necessarily any molds that I'm like, man, I need to try a new mold for me too. A lot of times what it'll be is like, I'll get to a course and I'll play the course and maybe I have only one buzz or two buzzes in my bag and a specific tee shot is not really fitting. The the line of that tee shot is not really fitting exactly what I want out of the buzzes I have. Right. Then maybe I go and I try to find one that's a little flippier, one that's a little overstable. Um, Where well, I'll tweak it like that. But for the most part, my bag stays the same from tournament to tournament. I throw pretty much the same shots. And the only one right now that's kind of like I would like to dial in a little bit more is my rollers because I think that got me in a little trouble on some of these courses earlier in the season. Because I had like a Scorch, a Thrasher, a Nuke SS, and an Avenger SS. So I had four different molds all for a roller. And I yeah. think I would like to try to get either, you know, three Avenger SS's all at different stabilities or three Thrashers all at different. I think that's going to be better for me because a lot of times I was walking, I was stepping up to the hole and I was just kind of like, "Oh man, I haven't had that many throws with this disc. I don't mm. really know. It's easier for me to know like, this is my flippy Avenger SS. This is my neutral one, and this is like my my new overstable one, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the only disc that I really need to kind of get figured out in the yeah. off season.
0: Yeah,
1: and, and that that's the thing I thought was most interesting about your bag when we talked about it on the last time you were on, because um, there. I mean, you are a mold minimalist, really, because you're looking for like, hey, I love the Raptor, so I'm finding. All these stabilities are raptor for my bag, so you're not mm-hmm. dealing with like all. I need to choose like one of five discs for this type of flight. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, just since it's like a hot topic right now, like the cicada from Discraft, like that's is that like just off the shelf too flippy and unusable for someone like you, or I haven't
2: thrown it. To, to actually get a gauge of what it flies like. What people have told me is it it's like uh, it's similar flight to like an undertaker, mm-hmm. which is on the, I would say, flippier side. However, there are passions that are also right. on the flippier side as well. So uh, to me, I think a lot, how I view discs are this. I think there are a lot of discs that do the same exact thing. They just feel a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And for some people that feel means the world Mm -hmm. to me it doesn't so uh, you know could I switch my passions out with cicadas yeah I could probably and would I be fine yeah but I already have passions I know exactly what they do so I'd rather just keep running with those than having to learn new discs because that's uh, essentially that's what you do is like when you lose a disc that you then have to try to replace you have to throw it a couple of times and get a little bit of trust into knowing like, okay, there's the different flights it's going to have on different angles. Um, so if your bag is filled with discs that you're comfortable with, and you know exactly how the, it flies, that's going to be better for you. And then, you know, I also look to people like Isaac Robinson, who's had a lot of success on tour this season. You know, he goes out to champions cup and he's walking around his practice rounds without a bag. And he's just like carrying like five discs. Yeah. You know, and I think there's a lot to be said about that, where mm-hmm. if you actually, you know, you look at my bag, I do have a lot of discs in my bag, but if you actually watch what disc I throw off the tee, I'm not really throwing that many different discs. Mm-hmm. I just have a lot of like, I have a really overstable machete that really only, I only use every once in a while. I have some discs that are really flippy that I'll use forehand only. Other than that, I don't ever. So I have like a lot of like very specific utility shots mm-hmm. yeah. for discs. But the majority of the time, it's like, I'm throwing this buzz. I'm throwing this passion. I'm throwing this nuke. I'm throwing this vulture. Mm.
1: That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot to be said there because I think the more you grab, the more like mold you put in your back. I know specifically for me, like I shoot much better scores if I'm like, okay, well, I'm only really throwing these five discs today versus like, all right, I'm gonna to try to out all these discs. Like, oh, and I think something that's interesting, like a compare and contrast. Like, we were playing with Tech Disc this week, and you're like, "All right, this is 10 degree highs or And you threw it, and as like 11 degree. Like, you have that kind of like mm-hmm. sensitivity and control, whereas someone like me, I, I couldn't tell you. You know what I mean? So, I think mean, there's a lot to be said there. So, you really need to have the trust and the knowledge of your disc and exactly what it's gonna do because you have that kind of like I guess vari- variability with your throws.
2: Yeah, and you know, a lot of times. When I throw, you know, the result of a throw, a lot of times is on me, of where I'm like, crap, like that. I didn't release it where I wanted to. I threw it to it. whatever it may be. A lot, most of my mistakes are going to be that. But there are times also where I, it's the wrong disc selection. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that I hate even more because those are, uh, in my opinion, those are the ones that. I can remove that's a mistake that I can remove from my game Mm -hmm. where I'm not going to throw perfect. I'm not going to throw a a great shot every single time, Mm -hmm. but I can make the right decision every time. And so when I end up making the wrong one, those are the ones that are really annoying. And I think it's easier to make the wrong one when you have tons of different types of discs in your bag. Mm -hmm. And also when you're not throwing them that often, right? When you're like, I haven't thrown this disc in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think last time I threw it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's you're why like, oh, it's that was way more pl-
1: overstable than I remember yeah. it. being. Exactly. Yeah. And
2: that's why it's important to kind of always throw your bag. If you know, if you're trying to play your best, that's, that's a, that's yeah. a big one.
0: Yeah. Speaking of, so throwing like having thrown this in two weeks, leading us to our next question. And so you have USCGC next week, mm-hmm. last major of the year. And, you're obviously here. You're mm-hmm. not in Rock Hill right now practicing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know even in, as we've built our schedule this week, you're like, Oh, I got to go practice. So you're heading to new London. You're playing new London. What is it like in terms of when you're trying to practice at new London and also prepping for USDGC? Is it just simply the throwing your different discs to remember how they're flying, getting yourselves in sort of scramble scenarios to like, okay, this is what it can do. If I have to, what's your process Like,
2: I think for the majority of the courses we play, um, the amount of practice time on the courses is super overrated. And something that people talk about a lot, of like, oh, I'm getting into this course two weeks before to prep. I think it's actually really overrated. Uh, I think, obviously, when there's two courses that we have to play and there's 36 holes, then yeah, maybe getting there a little bit earlier than three three days before might help. But three days before a tournament, I'm gonna have, you know, multiple shots, multiple rounds on these course on USDC. Of course I've already played. A course that hasn't really had any changes. I'm gonna feel pretty confident. And a course also like USDC has a few kind of technical shots mm. that I can kind of get the same. I, I think it's always easier to uh, translate woods to woods, right? So if I'm practicing in a wooded course and then going to a wooded course, I think that's easy. I think if I'm practicing in a wooded course and I go to an open course, as long as you're still like throwing big shots, mm-hmm. I think that's easy. I think the hard one is if you're just practicing open, 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 and then you all of a sudden you have to go to a course right. where you're hitting gaps. Yep. That takes a little bit of time to kind of, oh, man, all right, let me get this <laughs> dialed in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm not too worried about like, oh, man, like USCGC, like are you – Throwing hyzers and all that stuff a lot of times is pretty a lot more on the simple side than it is when it comes
0: to, like, gap hitting. Yeah, and you even mentioned, like, we were talking about New London with someone today, and we mentioned, okay, well, where they're from, they don't have a lot of woods. Mm -hmm. And you were like, New London isn't a woods course. Mm -mm. So does something work like that where the right side for most of the time in New London is OB, but left side, while not being OB, is still, like, kind of – natural OB. Yeah. Is that kind of a translation for you in USCGC where there are there is a ton of OB on the mm-hmm. ground so it's like fairway hitting?
2: It's a little bit different obviously because some of the, the some of the holes you know you have to you know New London a lot is shaping shots hyzer flip to flat or turnover backhands. There's not too many holes where you're throwing four, I mean there's very few forehands off the tee and then there's very few uh, actually, like backhand hyzers, where um, you're going to throw a lot. I'm going to throw a lot of forehands at uh, USCGC. But w- when it comes to like talking about Woods course too, because I, I, I could see some people being like, what do you mean it's not Woods course? What I mean by that is I think New London, the way that, that the course is designed, I think that is the ideal Woods. If we're playing Woods golf, I think yeah. that is the ideal Woods. Format where you have these wide open, not wide open, but like wide fairways with nothing in the middle of the fairways. And if you get off the fairway, now you're in woods and now you're scrambling. And I think that's the most fair um, because if I miss my shot, I'm not getting lucky. There's yeah. very few holes at New London where someone throws a bad shot off the tee. And like, oh, I hope that gets lucky. And then like they're parked. It doesn't happen that often. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just the way that the holes are set up. And that happens a lot in the type of courses we play on tour. And I think that kind of drives some of the pros a little upset Mm -hmm. to where, (laughs) you know, they throw a good shot. A a good shot in the sense of like they're 90% down the fairway. And at the very end, you know, the fairways are 10 feet wide. It little kicks Mm -hmm. off a tree and then sends them OB Yeah. and someone, you know, misses the initial first gap, but gets lucky through everything and parks it. That's tough to swallow for some people. It is what we play. But to me, I think new London, you're going to see that the cream rise at the top. Like you're Mm -hmm. not going to see people that are throwing poorly off the Mm -hmm. tee, uh, be able to score well out there.
0: So, Um, I think that's the play. Yeah. I, I'm couldn't agree more. I'm just thinking of even the video we shot today where I threw that atrocious tee shot on like 13 mm. kicked first available and it went over there and it was like, cool. I have a professional throwing after me and there is literally nothing you have. You get uh, absolutely,
2: you get absolutely punished. And I think that's what woods golf should be. I don't think if that's that throw right there. I would have to make either an incredible second shot or an incredible third shot, you know, 100-foot putt or something like that to save par. Which is, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're going to have some people that hit the gap and throw it, and, you know, it gets to, like, 30 feet, and they miss it, and now they've they got a par, and all of a sudden, you that just, you know, throw a shot way left... I, I don't think those two scores, on average, should get the same score. Absolutely. Um, and so, like, I, that's why I think, like, if you're off the woods at New London, it's so hard to scramble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I, I'm with you. 100%. I completely agree. And you're, and also the OB. I think the OB also brings in the fact of where you're not having these people that just like I'm just gonna throw a roller as hard as I can and see what happens. Yeah. To me, like yeah. that takes no skill. Yeah. And I, I, I hate seeing that. Mm-hmm. I do it. Obviously, I'm not not going to do it. But to me, I just, I don't think that is a good style of disc golf of like, I'm just going to chuck a shot at this gap or at, at a bunch of these trees and we'll just see what happens. Like to me, that's, well, let's just both roll dice and see who gets a higher die. That's that to me is like what we're doing.
1: Yeah. You know? And yeah, to kind of like cap that off when people come in here from out of town at the retail store and they're like, Hey, what do you think about new London? I'm like, well, I'm not like super good. So it's punishing for me, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I hate disc golf after because I feel like it was fair. I threw the bad shot, not mm-hmm, I got a really bad kick, and now I'm like screwed. It's yep. like it was my fault, and I enjoy it because it's designed well. And I'm like that is and the shots it's aren't me better. the
2: shots aren't crazy demanding. No, you're not.
1: You're not stepping up. I mean, like
2: Independence, if you've ever played out there, uh, hole three out Independence is just a ridiculous hole. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like a ten to fifteen foot gap for four hundred and fifty yes. feet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: just uh, that course makes me mad because there's a lot of luck th- I think, there's just involved. so
2: many well it's there's just so many trees to where mm-hmm. new london i'll never play well and walk off and be like wow i, I scored terrible and then mm-hmm. play bad and be like i scored well yeah other these other courses you can be like man i really struggled throwing the disc off the tee but <laughs> i shot three under somehow yeah that won't happen at New London, and so mm-hmm. like to me, that's where I, li- I like the fairness, and honestly too US, uh, USDC that won't happen either. If you are throwing bad out off of USDC because of how much OB there is, you go OB. Mm-hmm. There's not anything to save you, protect you, help you. you're, you're going to take massive amounts of strokes, mm-hmm. so you won't feel like, man, I played really bad out there, but I still shot six under. I don't know how, but like that doesn't happen, so right. so
0: final question uh you're heading into the off season mm-hmm. and what last last off season to a lot of disc golfers it felt like you took i'm not going to say controversial but a, a different approach mm-hmm. to the professional off season than many many people did uh in terms of focusing on personal and physical health uh this off season what's kind of the goal what's the game plan yeah
2: i mean i get that's just kind of a, a part of my personality is I'll, I'll get really fixated with certain things and I tend to put all my eggs in that basket and last off-season was getting into shape and I loved it. And I think this off-season will be a little bit better balance. you know? Uh, I was having a lot of back issues as well going into last off-season, so I, I was noticing that when I would go to throw after lifting or whatnot, you know, it was just kind of compounding my back issues. And then that would affect me in my workouts the next day. And so I just thought it was best to just not play disc golf at all in the off season, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was one of those things of where coming into the season, I felt the best I had felt of all the seasons that I had played physically but my, my throwing, my timing, everything was so off. Mm. So that was a little bit on the frustrating side. So this offseason, <laughs> I'm going to have a much better um, balance, I think where i'll be balancing between my you know i'll be doing marathon training so that will take up a lot of time right. as well uh but i'll be doing a lot of runs there get the cardio in some of these courses are a bit of a hike so it is a it is For advantageous sure. to be able to um have that cardio of where your, you know your heart heart rate's not racing up when you get to the top of a hill and then i'll be going back into the gym doing my strength training and then uh I'll be putting a lot this offseason. That's one thing that I'm probably going to amp up more than I have in the past, get a lot more putts in. And then um, I don't know how much field work I'll do in this offseason, but I'll be playing a lot. So, you know, two two to three rounds a day, uh, throwing multiple shots and just kind of staying fresh because I honestly feel like there's only one outside of putting there's only one part of my game that I feel like I'm missing right now and that's the standstill backhand consistency mm-hmm. consistency that kind of screwed me a little bit this season with a lot of uh, a lot of easy up shots not getting up and down um, so other than that though, I feel like my forehand was pretty solid. My backhand was pretty I, I scram I feel like pretty good all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just kind of tweak a couple things and, uh, keep it kind of going into next year and see hopefully next year is the year.
1: Keep yourself fresh, keep your game complete mm-hmm. and fresh, and then just keep building on the skills you already have. Yeah. I think it sounds great. Well, that's all the time we have for today because we got to go out, get out and play with our Heiser club members who are now in town. But, um, make sure we put a bunch of special stuff up for Brody and the Brody Smith collection on foundation Check that out. Our monthly subscription boxes are getting refreshed on Sunday. Cause it's October. We're bumping up the availability and it's going to be a spooky, spooky box. So Spookies. make, make sure you check it out. So thank you all for listening. Thanks for being uh, here, Brody and Robbie. Yeah. And, you. um, Hey, if it's good,
0: keep it in the bag. We'll see you
1: next week.